bless you, Adrian. Thanks for that. The um, yeah, when I did see the note sheet this morning and it said Bruce Pierce and the Richard Young Ruler, I thought it sounds like the beginning of a dating, <laughs> like I was advertising myself or something. But I'm not young. I'm not rich. I'm definitely not a ruler. So tonight we're continuing this series. Um, that we're doing where it's Jesus meets. Uh, Pastor Tony started it last week with Jesus meets the uh, centurion, and I'm continuing it on tonight. And I chose this passage because it's something that I've been looking at recently, and also it's one of the most challenging things I think Jesus says and does. And I think following on from Tony's message this morning about forgiveness of such a difficult thing to receive one of those things that Jesus says that he just like I wish he never said that because it's hard to do and tonight I think it's going to be one of those so today is going to be a, a challenging day so I'm going to start by reading Mark 10 17 to 27 and I've got the New American Standard Bible version but you know what it's all God's word isn't it so we're all right do you know what right I'm not joking this must be the fourth or fifth Sunday I have of this day and I can tell you why I know I always get this Sunday because it's always the Dominican Independence Day over at Road I know it every year. That's how I know it. I don't know why I keep getting this under. Phil's never here and I get it. So this is what the word of the Lord says. As he, Jesus, was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honour thy father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. But at these words he was saddened and went away grieving, for he has one who owned much property. And Jesus looking around said to his disciples, How hard will it be for those that are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? These disciples were amazed at his word, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will open our hearts and minds. That you will stir us up. That you will turn over the good ground that is in us. 
and like the seeds of your teaching spring up in us. Refresh us, Lord. Give us a spirit of anew. In your son's name, amen. What is at the centre of this encounter with Jesus and the rich young man? And in fact, what I think is at the centre of the encounter we had last week with Pastor Tony and Jesus and the centurion is the law. It's the law and the commandments that are at the centre of these two passages. And very specifically, it is the commandment or the instruction to love. To love those who are in need. And this is expressed in the Old Testament by this phrase that we know well. Love the widow, orphan and foreigner. And in the New Testament, Jesus paraphrases it into love your neighbour. But these two variations are the same commandment. In Luke 10.25, this is what happens. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him the question, Teacher, what should I do to in Herod eternal life. The same question the young ruler asks him. What does Jesus say? What does the law of Moses say? Have you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, right, you want to know how you get eternal life? You know it, just do it. The centre of getting eternal life is the law. Jesus tells an expert of the law that loving good with all your heart, mind, strength is hand in hand with loving your neighbour. You cannot love God if you do not love your neighbour. So the logical question becomes then, well, who is my neighbour? And Jesus tells him, he said, your neighbour is anybody who is in need. And he explains this in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The one that is in need is your neighbour. Love him and you are loving God. You'll get eternal life. See, loving God and loving your neighbour is not two separate things. To love God means helping those in need and helping those in need is to love God. And this is the principle between Jesus and the centurion, Jesus and the rich young man. And this love that Jesus is talking about in love your neighbour, and the love that's talked about in the Old Testament of love the widow, orphan and foreigner is a special type of love. The loving kindness is a a principle in Hebrew that's called Esed. Now, Esed is Hebrew for loving kindness, the steadfast love. And we read that a lot, don't we, in the Old Testament. We read, whenever you read this, this loving kindness, steadfast love, this is the biblical term, the, the Hebrew word Hesed. Esed is a type of faithful giving 
love that's got longevity, that's of generosity, that is has no partiality. And it derives from God. Because we receive the loving kindness, the steadfast love of God. We receive chesed from God. Then we are to pass that loving kindness, faithfulness on. See, it's a faithfulness love. It's not based on emotion that comes and goes. As partially, I like that person more than that person. But our loving kindness means we love those that nobody else will love because God has loved us and we are unlovable, trust me we are, then we can love the unlovable. It's an action. It is faithful. It has longevity. The psalmist loves to sing about God's loving kindness. How precious is your loving kindness? Oh God, the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Answer me, O oh Lord, for your loving kindness, for your hesed is good according to the greatness of your compassion. Wondrously show your hesed loving kindness because God pours out this faithful, this beautiful action of love on us. Blessed are the Lord, for he has made, made marvellous his hesed to me. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips praise you. This love, this act of loving. Sometimes we can think that love is a passive thing. It's never a passive thing in the Bible. It's an action-driven Emotion and faithfulness. The first example of God's hesed in the Bible is in the Garden of Eden when he clothes Adam and Eve. My act of hesed and loving kindness is to provide for you in your shame and in your sin and I'm going to continue to provide and walk with you. At the end of Deuteronomy, we find that God has promised his people they're going to get into the promised land. At the very end, he buries Moses, gives him a land to bury, and then shows the people, this is the land that I've promised you. This is, as said, my loving kindness and faithfulness has been with you, pulled you out of oppression, and now you're going into the land that I've promised. These two examples of God's hesed, loving kindness towards us. Sandwich the five books of the Torah, the five books of the law. These five books are the most important books to, to the Jewish people. And anybody who knows Jewish literature, whatever book ends it is the most important thing in that book. It's the thread that runs through, is that the law is a witness to God's loving kindness to us. Rabbi Zeph Lef says, Esed, or loving kindness, is the main and most important aspect of the law. God giving and loving his people are therefore his people who should love and give 
out of what God has given them. They should give to those that are in need. In Deuteronomy 10, 17, this is what God says. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord the Lords and great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. Bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless, the widow, loves the foreigner, essayed the foreigner, residing among you, giving them food and clothing. This is what God does. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take oaths in his name. That's what God's saying. Remember from the very beginning my loving kindness was to not only love you, but the fatherless, the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner. Now you must do likewise. This is my charge to you. This is the oath that you will love those that are in need. You will give out of what I give you. I've taken care of you and what you've got from me, you will give out to those in need. And the Israelites don't do that. We often think that the, this Israel nation gets taken out of the promised land and gets oppressed and put back into bondage in Babylon because they worship idols. This is what we know. But listen to what Hosea says. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord as a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, there is no hesed, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There's only cursing, lying, murder, stealing, adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. And because of this, the land dries up, and those who live in it will waste away. But let no one bring a charge, let no one accuse another. For your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. That's what it says. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also am going to reject you. Because you ignored the law, I'm going to ignore you. This is what God says. I give you a land. And in Hesed, loving kindness, to give you everything. And what have you done? You've stopped loving kindness towards the orphan, the widow, and the foreigner. And because that, you've denied the law, and you've actually denied knowledge of me. So I'm going to turn my back on you. And God let them go into oppression and be conquered by Babylon. See, if you do not love and you do not give, and you do not have essayed, you've rejected God and the law, and you come under judgment of God. If you don't love the poor and give the poor, you've rejected God. And there's a judgment that waits for that. Remember the story in Luke 16, where Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus is there with boils and leprosy at the door of the temple. And the rich man keeps walking past daily. 
they both get, they both die. The leper, Lazarus, is in heaven and the rich man is in hell because he did not perform a said loving kindness to those in need. Jesus said, you are my chosen people, the Jew, but because you've not performed a said, you're going to be in eternity in hell. If you don't have asset and give to those in need, you will be judged. Man, that is serious. Because we seem to think that you will only end up in hell if you don't say the magic phrase, Jesus, my Lord and Saviour. Well, God put Israel under judgment. And in the New Testament, Jesus tells us of someone in hell for not having loving kindness and hesed towards those in need. Why is this so serious? Well, Rabbi Zeph Lef says this, he or she who performs Esed, the act of loving and giving to those in need, they will know God and have a relationship with God. They will recognize the Messiah and they'll also fulfill the law of the Torah and the law which Christ gives us and they will partake in the mission and nature of God. Whom is Esed, loving kindness, personified? Now it's strange that a rabbi would say if someone who performs Esed would notice the Messiah, but yet still refuses to call Christ the Messiah. So I'm not sure if he is doing Esed. But them three points were startling to me when I heard them. Those who love the orphan, the fatherless, the widow and the foreigner, those in need, those are the people that know God, have a relationship with God, recognize the Messiah and they partake in the mission and nature of God. Like if you don't perform hesed, you cannot know them things. And that startled me. And then last week when Tony preached, and afterwards we were talking, me and Tony and I went, I think what's the centre of my passage is the centre of yours. That this is the charge against the centurion and the rich young ruler. The issue is, do these two guys perform as said? Do they perform loving kindness to those in need. So I want to kind of go back to Tony's story and mine and examine them and show you how tonight the centurion actually did perform Esed and then was commended for it and how the rich young ruler refused to perform Esed thus missed out on eternal life. And I'm going to do this by the three indications that the rabbi give. That they know God, they know the Messiah, and they wish then to partake in the mission and nature of God. How's that? Are we all following? Sort of. Well, if by end of it, you don't wish to help any poor people, well then I've done a bad job. 
But I ain't worried because you don't worry about it. It's not me who's judging you. It's God. So this thing that is central to the law, love your neighbour, the one that's in need. The hesed, giving out of what God has given you. If you do that, you will be the one who knows God and Jesus. So the centurion, he sends his servant, he sends the, sorry, he sends the Jewish council to Jesus. And they said to Jesus, a centurion has sent us because his servant is sick and he wants you to come and heal his servant. And he's a good guy. He's built a synagogue. He loves this nation. Jesus starts out. And he sends message and he says, no, don't come to my house because I'm not worthy to have you in it. But I know about your authority because I've got the same sort of authority. I tell my servants, do this and they do that. They go here, they go with that. So Jesus, you just say the word and I know he'll be healed because I know you have the same sort of authority. And Jesus says, it's done. And I've never seen such faith like this in all of Israel. You see, first the centurion who loves the nation and builds a synagogue recognises that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is God in person. For he knows that Jesus is the only one who can heal and heal from a distance because he has authority over all things. A type of authority no one else has got but God himself. The centurion, not a Jew, but recognises that Jesus is God. And thus Jesus responds by claiming that he has not seen such faith in all of Israel. By contrast, does the rich young man know who Jesus is? Well, it starts off by saying, good teacher. And Jesus replies and says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And this is what I think what's happening here is that Jesus is pinpointing the fact that the rich young ruler doesn't know that he is God. But he is calling him good, but for the wrong reasons. He's calling him good because he thinks he's a good teacher. He's not calling him good because he knows that he's God. Because he says, why call me good when only God is good? If he knew It'd have gone, eh, that's why I'm calling you it. Because I know you are God. But he doesn't. He thinks that he's just a good teacher. The one who performs said loving kindness, recognises God. And will always recognise who God is. Because God is the one that gives. God is the one that loves. God is the one that heals god is the one that has authority over all things partaking in god's mission and nature this is where we see the beautiful hesed loving kindness of the centurion a centurion who is blessed in wealth and authority 
He's the one that is serving his servant. The one who needs help is the lowest of the law, a servant. But in loving kindness, this centurion says, I will serve you. I will tend to your needs. I won't cast you away because you're not useful now. I won't bring on another servant. But I will climb down from my position of authority and serve you. Make sure you're well. In fact, I'm going to do the thing that no one else will do. I'm going to call on Jesus God to heal you. This act of serving is what I believe Jesus recognises in the centurion. Jesus says what? I didn't come here to serve. I came here, didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. And he sees a centurion who's in charge of a hundred men as slaves and servant, a place of authority. He says, do you know what? I am going to serve the lowest in my, my household. Although I'm meant to be served, I am going to serve. I think Jesus recognises this point. I think Jesus thinks, at last, this is the faith that I'm talking about. The ones who are serving the lowest and the ones that recognise me as God. I haven't seen no faith like this in all of Israel because this guy gets it. Is serving the lowliest when it doesn't after. A position of a power he's not abusing. But he is serving. A mere servant. In humility, he loves and serves the lowest. This is true, I said. And this is what Jesus recognises. But the rich young ruler, he refuses to give away all his money. He refuses to give away everything he's got to the poor and perform hesed. He does not want to serve the lowest. He does not want to help the orphan and the widow. And therefore, he does not recognise who stood in front of him. He does not recognise that Jesus is God. And not recognising that Jesus is God and not willing to serve in love and kindness the lowliest, he chooses to walk away from eternal life. Jesus says to him, keep the commandments. He said, I've done all that. He says, well, what about the commandment that upholds all the rest? Love thy neighbour. Can you do that one? Hangs his head and walks away. Jesus lets a guy walk away from eternal life. Not for what he believes, but for what he will not do. He will not serve the poor in his community. See, one of them partakes in God's mission. Loving those in need. 
The other loves his wealth more. One joins in the nature of God as a loving, giving God. The other, in direct contrast, stands there and wants to hold on to everything that has got. One understands God and the other one knows the law. One of them truly acts out the law without knowing it and one of them refuses to do it knowing it. It's frightening how many times Jesus stands in judgment and condemnation over somebody who refuses to love the poor. Someone who wishes to hold on to the little they've got and the little that God's given them and is willing to forsake eternal life. That is frightening and challenging. We were blessed this morning while we're not having Ellen Siddop here talking about hope housing, talking about the great work that they're doing, Christian charity, houses, homeless people. They've worked with us for 10 years. A lot of people remember the first time that Shiva come. And I'll tell you now, I've never seen someone who loves the unlovable more than her. I've never seen anything like it. Unbelievable. She loves with loving kindness the worst of the worst. And I think she gets it. That girl gets her said. She loves and gives out of the poor. It's important that we are a church that continues to do that. But it's important that we do it as individuals, for the all law stands on this, love God and love your neighbour. And Jesus made sure that we had no excuse, because this is what he said, don't worry, the poor will always be with you. You do not have to look anywhere, they're going to be with you, I'm going to make sure that they're with you. And why are they going to be with you? Because if they're not with you, you cannot perform said. You cannot show them Christ. You cannot show them God. You can do it through your actions. I know. I've been there. I've been poor. I've been at the bottom of the bottom. And because people in this church showed me said loving kindness... I can say I'm where I am today, hopefully trying to do the same, to show God how many stories do we hear. Why did you come to Christ? Do you know why? Because some Christians just love me. They just love me through a situation. Remember what God says in Deuteronomy? You're going to be a blessing to the nations. This is the only thing that you've got to do, and do it well. And how do you do that? Loving kindness towards the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner. I can probably, I would like to say that more people become Christians because of a loving act of kindness Christian shows rather than a thing that they say. So which are we today? 
Are we the ones that give out of what God gives? Are we the ones that want to hold on to what God gives us? Do you perform said? Do you give loving kindness to the poor? And therefore you know your God. You know Jesus. You partake in God's mission. Or by not loving the poor, do you thus deny God? Deny Jesus and you partake in your own selfish mission. And I can tell you now, scripture tells us them two actions will be judged. One has eternal life and the other one doesn't. You cannot claim to be a Christian without loving your neighbour. The poor, the widow, the orphan, our foreigner. I want to be a centurion, not a rich young ruler. The centurion who hasn't heard these words yet, but these words are in his spirit. Jesus Christ who didn't think it was a quality to hold on to the glory with God, but emptied himself, gave himself up, made himself a human and a servant, humbling himself to the point of death, that our God is a God that serves. The centurion says, that is who I want to be. The one with all the power and the influence. Yet I want to serve the poor. Alwyn said a beautiful prayer this morning. And this was a prayer. God of the homeless. God of the homeless. I don't think there were four sweeter words said together this morning than that. What a reminder that it's just not our God in a nice comfort house. That we don't have a monopoly on God. But he's a God of the poor. And he'll be watching to see if we also love the poor. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness, for your hesed. And Lord, we know that all of the law and all of Jesus' teachings are found on this principle. Love thy neighbour, the poor. Lord, if we have not got a heart for the poor, then you need to break our rock-solid, horrible heart and give us the love for those in need. Lord, we don't need to look for them. We don't need to find them because they're all around. They're in our congregation. Lord, we ask that if we have not performed as said, that you will forgive us and hold off any judgment, Lord, and give us a heart that we can show 
that we know you, God, that we know Christ so deeply and so richly that our actions of loving kindness will show God to this world. Lord, the only reason why people think that the world is, that you've given up on the world is because we've given up on the world. The only reason why the poor and homeless think God's given up on them is because we have given up on them. Lord, give us a fire and a hunger to be a holy, pure, righteous, loving, kind, said, performing people. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bruce, for the challenge. So uh, let's just uh, stand to sing his last song, uh, Jesus is Lord, the cry that echoes through creation. Jesus is Lord, your Lord. Okay. 